Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Jody D. Jody is a mother of three and multi-award-winning author. Her books, materials, and resources promote proper growth and development, self-esteem and individuality, and social and emotional intelligence in all ages. She has a master's in education, and she and I had the pleasure of meeting at a, a live event recently called Spirit of Change here in New England. And as soon as I met her at the event, I said, oh, we need to bring you to the show. So welcome, Jody. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I want to start our time together, Jody, by asking you, first of all, if you have always been a writer, like were you, when you were a kid, did you like to spend time writing? Did you know at some level that you were always going to write or were you a reader or some combination of both? You know, I always was a writer, but I was actually intimidated by the English language as I started going through formal schooling. So I think I suppressed my creativity around that for a while. And it wasn't until I got to college that some of my professors said to me that I, you know, you have a gift, you should be writing. And I did have a teacher, I remember pretty clearly in high school, I was not doing well in this English class and we had a creative writing assignment instead of, you know, verbs and adverbs and all the things that we get graded on. And she read what I wrote. Uh, It was my first draft. I just wrote it off the cuff because it was writing personal topics to me. I I journaled a lot as a child and even into my teen years, it was kind of my way of self-cleansing, self-healing, just being able to get my feelings out in a safe place. And she read it in front of the class. And as an example of a very well-written story, and I remember thinking, whoa, wow, okay, I guess there is something there. And after that, it was it was in me. I never thought, though, that I would write fiction. Mm-hmm. So my passion was always self-help. Huge Wayne Dyer fan. I met him twice. He actually met my my daughter when she was born because I brought her to one of his conventions in Boston. So I have a picture of him holding her. So I was always, even starting at 14 years old, into self-help, self-awareness, higher consciousness. But it wasn't until I had children that I started, for lack of a better word, channeling ideas for stories because I read so many stories with my children. I mean, we would go to the library and get a a bag of books. I mean, I always loved the magic and enchantment of children's stories and being able to go into that um, special place where you could escape 
anything that was happening, you know, you had this, these different worlds you could escape into. And we didn't have, you know, movies and TV and on demand stories like we do now, right? Mm -hmm. We we had to get books and, and immerse ourselves into those images and those words. So I carried that forward with my children. We would I'm not joking, go to the library every week and max out the amount of books we could check out <clears throat> even before my children could read because I, I realized how expensive it was to buy so many books. Mm. And at that time, I realized like my middle daughter is severely dyslexic and she's the one who spent the most time looking at picture books and studying them. And, and even to this day, she's very creative and artistic. Um, so at that time, when I started reading so many picture books, I, I felt like there was this really missing piece in children's literature around spirituality and higher consciousness and just this whole concept of self-empowerment. You know, a lot of the books are about kindness, which is super important. Mm-hmm. It's about the things that happen with children, like birthdays and things like that. But there's not a lot, I feel, that really touches that part of knowing that you're in control, that you have the power inside of you to manifest and create whatever you desire. Mm. So as I started reading these picture books, I was like, oh my God, like I, we need, we need real content, like not Dora and no offense to Dora. She's a great character, but you know, these backpacks that are flying around, like I wanted real stories that touch real experiences in a magical way. Yeah. Mystical, mystical and spiritual. So let me, let me stop you just for a second and ask you, like you said that you were, you were turned on when you were a teenager. Did you come from an environment yourself where there was exposure to a higher level of consciousness and this kind of thinking or was that this kind of like what I like to call the quinkle? For me, a quinkle is like a synchronistic, coincidental thing, right? Where there's like a sparkle around it. I call it, that's my special word, the quinkle. Did you have a quinkle that woke you up? Did you like, were you at the library and a book flew off the shelf for you? Or did you actually come yourself from an environment that already fostered this kind of exploration and thinking? Yeah. I think it was the reverse. I think that I came from, I don't want to say a negative place because my childhood was not, my childhood did have a lot of magic in it. My mother started a preschool when I was very small. So I grew up in this environment, freedom and discovery and imaginative play. Like I'm so grateful. And that's where the Create a Home of Learning book came from. But my father actually had lost his businesses when he, when I was small, I was probably around the age of nine and it really changed him. It really impacted him where I felt like the light kind of went out of him. And, you know, we grew up poor, you know, like every, I think everybody around our age at that time, you know, my father had to file bankruptcy. So there was a lot of, I don't know. I feel like I, that went, like I had the magic and I had that. And then it, was taken away somehow. And I I don't really, I can't really pinpoint a time, but my brother, my older brother had started drinking when he was 17 or 18. And he also had come out of the closet a few years later, but he went through this deep depression, I guess. And 
around the time I was 13 or 14. And so he started going to Al-Anon meetings. I mean, I'm sorry, AA meetings. And he said to me one time, you should go to Al-Anon or, or what I can't remember. Alateen was the mm-hmm. one. So I was like, you know what? Why not? And I fell in love with the authenticity and the anonymity and the community and the honesty and the rawness, the raw emotion of people in those meetings. And I was just hooked. Like that was it. I like I, it changed my life. And now it's transformed into more higher, you know, Esther Hicks. I went through like the Wayne Dyer phase in my twenties to thirties. And then I've kind of moved, I guess, to a different level with it. But the, you know, the philosophy is the same. I mean, even religions all have that universal truth of oneness and, and this energy of love and those types of things. Mm, So even though I started, so I, for me, I, I feel like I went through almost like the darkness when I was in my teens and twenties to back to that magic and that higher consciousness. And that's where I really came into wanting to understand emotional intelligence and really make a difference in that space. Because like Esther Hicks, Abraham, teachings of Abraham's, her thing is your emotions are your guidance system, right? And and using it as not just a GPS to navigate life, but to use it to master. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's going to be my next book or one of my books, Mm -hmm my adult title, Master of I, because it's becoming so aware of yourself and the experiences of you that you can transform your life. You know, you're in control. We're in control. And people often, and it's so sad for me that most people feel like they are victims to circumstance versus they can change that. Sure. Yeah. So one of the things that, you know, I I do want to have our listeners here is that we do have the power to create change. And one of the things that, you know, happens in your case, happened in your case, is you actually created a change for yourself when you wrote your first book. You moved from being a writer to being an author. And that's actually a rite of passage, right? So when we make a change in our life, that is making a rite of passage. So I'd love to have you talk about what was like maybe the one big decision that you made where you said, I am going to author a book. I'm going to become an author. I remember when I wrote my first book and and it wasn't until I got the book in my hands that I recognized that I had made this rite of passage. <laughs> I don't know. I still feel like I'm in the passage. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, it's a little different because I I have a lot of unfinished books on my computer. <laughs> and the first one I think I wrote, too. <laughs> uh, I never finished called Being Human Sucks when I was 20. And there's a title out that's very similar. I think it's it has the F word in it. I can't mm-hmm. remember what the, the title is, but it, I was, I laugh a lot because a lot of the books that I didn't have the confidence to publish at the time were topics of in, in current culture and consciousness. So, but as a rite of passage, ah, you know, I, I wrote Jesse True, my first book, Jesse True, and that I love my Jesse books. I wish I could get more traction on Jesse and timing will, will happen. 
But that was about a little boy who changes color based on how he feels. And for me, I feel like I'm riding the wave of my children's development. You know, like Jesse was really written when they were in elementary school and the dirt girl was written when they were in later years of elementary school. And then the new books and writing now, now I'm in the middle grade. So I definitely leverage their energy and the friendships, like the, the kids that are here and the conversations that they're having. And so I don't know if I, I really have a entrance to the rite of passage. I kind of feel like I'm in the passage. And even when people say that to me now, like you're an author, I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess, <laughs> you know, cause I've been writing my whole life. I just never, I can't believe I have physical manifestations of books. I guess you're right. It is kind of a rite of passage. It uh, is. It is indeed. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, Jody, we're going to talk about all of the books that you have written and authored, all of the books that you have authored and let people know where to find out more about you. But right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you're enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We've had some recent fun donations. We just got one from Bulgaria a few weeks ago. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your mothers, sisters, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I do want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We have uh, just moved on Listen Notes. According to Listen Notes, a few months ago, we were at 1.5%. We were in the top 1.5% of all podcasts across all categories across the entire world. And we have just recently moved into the top 1%. So we're really excited and grateful about that. There is one thing that I would really, 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 really love to have happen, though, and that would be to have just one download in Wyoming. I look at the 94 countries that are downloading, and for some reason, I'm just not satisfied because Wyoming remains a blank on my map of the U.S. So I want to shout out today to anybody in the vicinity of Wyoming and ask you to cross the border and make a download. (laughs) Uh, Otherwise, I'm going to have to make that be my summer journey. And I also want to shout out and say thank you to our listeners in Sierra Leone, Colombia, and Morocco. And we will be right back with Jody D. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com.
And we are back with Jody D. Jody can be found at jodyd.com. We will give you that URL in the show notes. She has written seven books. She is authored. She is the author of <laughs> a multi-award winning author of seven books. So Jody, why don't you tell us about you know, at least give us the titles of each of the books and a little bit of a snippet about like what the premise is of each of them. Okay, perfect. Sure. Yeah. So there's the Jesse True series, which is about a little boy who changed his color based on how he feels. And I love my Jesse. It's very simple language. And what he does is he goes through normal everyday experiences and processes what's happening. So he's having normal everyday experiences that children have, and he's navigating how to deal with that. So like in one of the stories, this, this is actually sold as a bundle. There's four in the bundle. It is also available at all major retailers, Barnes and Noble, Target, et cetera. But one story, for example, we deal with anger where his sister gets stung by a bee and he hates the bees. And then he kind of comes to this awareness that bees are needed and that they're a very important part of nature and they don't mean to hurt us if we get we get in their way. We're not they're they're not getting in our way. We're actually getting in their way because usually people get stung when they walk in front of a beehive. So one of the things I do merge into all my stories too is this environmental awareness because I'm a huge environmentalist and I'm a big nature person. I go hiking all the time. Like I would much rather be outside by the ocean or in the woods than inside watching TV. So for me, I want to remind children that there is magic in the natural world. It's not just on a device or in a computer and all this stuff. It's really walking by a stream and being one and present is the higher vibration than watching some crazy show with all this animation. So all of my books, and then the fourth book of Jesse is about a bully and how Jesse owns his power and he learns to not let this. And of course, this isn't a bully that's physically hurting Jesse. This is just someone who continues to tease him and get a rise out of him. And he uses his changing color as the, what color can he change Jesse? And then when Jesse starts to realize that he's in control of his emotions, the bully can't change his color and the bully gives up. Like he realizes he beats the bully. So that's one of my favorite stories. That's in the four book bundle. The other book is The Dirt Girl. And The Dirt Girl actually was one of the best-selling books on Amazon last week, uh, I think in birthdays, which I was Yay! pretty surprised. Congratulations. Yeah, pretty Where's my bell? I want to ring the bell for you. <laughs> ring the bell. I can do my, my little Buddhist bowl. But yeah, the, I was surprised. One of my uh, colleagues, who is also an author, he's wonderful, texted me and he's like, hey, you're, you're like in the top 18 of books for The Dirt Girl. I was like... Whoa, pretty cool. But the Dirkle is about a little girl who's different. And again, she's a nature girl. She's what we would call um, an earth person, a earth child of back when we were kids. And so she's a gardener. She comes to school with dirt on her hands and sticks and her, her clothes are handmade. And she has ladybugs in her backpack. And so she's really one with nature and they all think she's super weird. So they ignore her and they tease her when she first gets there, but then they kind of just ignore her. But then she has a birthday party and invites everyone to her house and they realize she lives in this magical, natural world. And they're all amazed by how she lives. And so now they all want to be like her and she becomes the most popular girl in school. So that's a really, that everybody loves that title. It's a good one. 
Then I have the little green jacket, which again, you'll see my themes throughout all my stories. This is about a little green jacket that travels to the lives of different children as a donation and as a hand-me-down or a hand-me-up. So I try to break the demographic that recycled goods just go to the poor. This really showcases that hand-me-downs or trading clothes, I don't even like the hand-me-downs, is a big part of our culture and it's very important. And every time we would get, even, even I'm much more well off than when I was growing up, but even with my children, when we would swap a bag of clothes with a cousin or a friend that had older girls, it was like Christmas morning. They would have all these clothes for dress up or just have a whole new outfit, a whole new closet, a wardrobe that you now have that, and it's recycled. So it keeps products out of the landfill. So this book showcases it's, it's, there's actually two voices in the story. The protagonist is actually a little green jacket. And so the jacket is reflecting on how all the children are the same. And they all have, even though they're all from very different places around the world and, and ac- across the country, inner city to a farm, but they're all, they all have these commonalities. So the jacket is having one experience and the children are having another about this jacket that's so lucky. So that's also an award-winning book. And hopefully it's in Target soon in stores. So I, I love that book and the illustrations in all of my stories, which cool fact, I have illustrators from all over the world and I am so grateful and, and privileged to be able to have, I have a, a one from Colombia, Algeria, Iran. My most recent book was from a girl who's going now to um, get her master's in art in the UK from Iran. And, you know, these, these artists don't have the privileges we have here. So to be able to not only give them business and recognition of their artwork, it's just like a wonderful world community that I'm able to tap into. Beautiful. Well, yeah. I, I want, that was one of my questions. So you definitely are on the psychic hotline, Jody. I was <laughs> like, I wonder who the artist is. And so thank you for answering that question. And so I've I've heard now about six books. There's probably one more that you have to share with us. But before we go into that, I do want to ask you, because a lot of the listeners to the show here are probably moms, possibly parents. Often they are entrepreneurial. Either they have their own business or they're doing things on the side. I'd like to ask you about the business side of your business, especially having had a dad who went bankrupt. Right. And I'd love to have you speak, if you wouldn't mind briefly about, you know, what, if anything, like maybe what was the number one biggest challenge that you found internally that you needed to overcome in order to be able to not only step into your role as an author, but also step into your role as a businesswoman? You know, I think the business part of it was much easier for me because it's not as personal, right? So I feel like I'm still overcoming this. You know, you're more vulnerable when you're, when you're presenting something that's personal that you've created. So I'm still working on that. Like you'd look at my books and the awards and you'd say, Oh, why she's got. No, I still, I still struggle. Like what even it's hard for me to accept recognition or. I'm still like that high school, you know, girl that people, if they're evaluating my work, no no matter how many people tell me, like you could have every person probably in the world tell me that I'm a good author and it still would be an internal challenge for myself to get better and be better and to acknowledge that that's what's happening. Right. So that I think is, is always evolving. I think it's part of our, 
evolution as humans. I mean, it's, it's part of expansion as an individual and expansion as a self. But the business part, I was lucky because, again, I grew up, which is a good segue into the next book, but and to the moms out there. I was lucky because I grew up in an early learning center. And I mean, my mother was on the cutting edge of early childhood, and she still is. I mean, she, she dedicated her life to that area. And she just wrote a bill for the state trying to raise funds for early childhood. And she's still heavily involved in her 70s. I think she's 70. She'll be mad if I give the wrong age, so I won't say it. <laughs> So I grew up in this environment that, and I recreated it for my children, but it's this environment that you're learning math through playing with the right types of toys. You're learning math by using manipulatives and you have this, these building blocks and these magnet blocks that you can create any tower you can imagine. And, and those toys evolve with you and grow with you in your development as a child, if you have the right toys. So the magnet blocks, for example, when you're two, you start to recognize there's different shapes. So you recognize the square and the circle and the triangle. But then when you're five and six, you realize that you can build by putting the squares together, you can make a box. And then you put the triangles together, you can make a roof. And then when you're seven and eight, now you're having imaginative play and you're creating a city for your matchbox cars to go into or for your figurines to go into. So if you have the right types of toys, you're, you're naturally encouraging and supporting your child's development. So I grew up in a preschool from zero to 20 mm. and I was able to learn. And I, I worked in there when I was seven, I was helping make Play-Doh and, and, and facilitate activities so I had every facet. So I tell people I have like a master's degree in early childhood that I didn't even try to get. I just learned through osmosis. So then when I had children, which leads into this other book, and, and this is I'm saying this to answer your question, because I think that for moms and, and parents, giving your children these resources will create this entrepreneur type child and not just the type A child that's going to go start a business. Like my oldest child is very conservative. And I mean, if you saw us together, you'd say that cannot be other than probably looking alike. You would say, wow, you guys are totally different because her personality is very artistic. I mean, she's, I'm not artistic in the sense of drawing or being able to sketch or things like that. Like mine is all etheric and in the written word. But her talent, she can, she's just a fan. She can draw. She's also a fabulous writer, which she doesn't honor, but I think she'll probably be a better writer than I am. Like when I read her writing, I'm like, oh my God, I wish you could write my dialogue. And then I have my middle daughter who also is not an academic, but she is a crafter. She's the one who's dyslexic. And she comes up with these things that I, sometimes I'm, I'm in amazement that she's 13 years old, even when she was nine, creating these things with the resources that were available to her. But she also grew up in this environment of having all these, these little workspaces with the right toys to be able to discover and figure things out on their own. Like it wasn't instruction-based. It wasn't academic-led. It was certainly screen-free. So that was this book, the Create a Home of Learning book. I outline exactly how to do this in a home environment like accredited preschool centers do around the country in, in the U.S. I mean, obviously we have a for readers that are not in the U.S., um, it's also available by ebook because there may not be available in their countries, but it's on KDP. I have it in the free lending library as well. I just wish 
anybody who wants it, go get it. Like it's, it's out there as a resource for free because this is how we're going to change the world is giving children, you know, your brain triples in size between the ages of zeros and zero and two. We're not capitalizing on that. And if you can capitalize, so for me on the business side, like I felt like I had every tool I could imagine. Like I knew how to do accounting. Yeah. Calculator. I played with the, um, a a cash register when I was two and three and four and we created stores when I was four and five, like we had fake stores. We would, there's just so many things. We would play post office. We would play office. We would play school. And my children did the same thing because I had that, those resources. I had a little area and I facilitated those activities. So all of them, I feel are at a higher level or started at a higher level. Like now, you know, you start to level off more when you get into your teen years. Yeah. and we're we're actually going to have to stop, Jody. <laughs> I apologize, but we are actually at the end of the show. So I want to encourage our listeners to go to JodyD.com, find out more, because obviously Jody could speak about our topic for a long time. And she is here to help you to create a home of learning and also to create more consciousness in your children through her vast array of books that she is in the process of creating and distributing all over the world. Jody, thank you so much for being here today. Listeners, we love feedback. Please do let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.